everyone has to leave happy. And I coach my managers on that day one. It, it doesn't matter what it takes to make that happen. There's really no amount that I won't just write off as the cost of doing business to keep somebody happy. Or we've always said no one will lose more money to fix your car than Haley Auto. Welcome back to Ratchet & Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today my guest is Alex Dunn of Haley Auto Clinic in Haley, Idaho. If you recall, Haley Auto Clinic was that very cool art deco shop that we featured in the December issue of Ratchet & Wrench. Uh, it's the one with the glass bay doors. It's got the rooftop meeting place. Uh, and so we're going to talk to Alex about how he developed the idea for the shop, you know, really just that look and style. Uh, we're going to talk about the function of the shop. We're going to talk about how he runs the shop and manages it. We're going to talk about his personnel uh, and just where he's going with the shop in terms of his plans, his long range planning. So without further ado, here's Alex Dunn. Well, hey, welcome to uh, Ratchet & Wrench Radio, Alex. Thanks very much, Chris. Yeah, so for our listeners who may not recall, Alex's shop, Haley Auto Clinic, was Ratchet & Wrench's shop view for the December 2022 issue. Uh, here's what we've learned about them based on the issue. So Alex's shop is in Haley, Idaho, and is run by a staff of seven. Uh, the shop is 2,700 square feet with five bays. Uh Haley has a monthly car count of 350 and an annual revenue of 1.9 million at the time of writing. So Alex, you know, first off, uh, talk about, you know, how you got into the auto care industry. Well, it was a, a family trade. Uh, my grandfather did it and my uncle did it um, after him. He actually owns a shop right down the street from mine. So I, I knew I wanted to be a mechanic since I think the time I was seven years old. Um, just there was never any other option for me. <laughs> Were you like the kid that was like, you know, pushing the trucks in the sand as a kid, playing um, with the toy trucks? and Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a go-kart that I definitely took apart and never got back together. Um, <laughs> yeah, just always, always tinkering with stuff. Oh, that's awesome, man. It's kind of cool when you look back over your life and you can kind of see the progression of like your vocation, how it started as a child. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a clear path for me from the beginning. It seems like. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk about you know the industry. You know, how has the industry evolved since you got into the industry? What year did you open your shop? And then you know, kind of t walk me through what you've seen since the beginning. So I bought the shop in two thousand eight. Um, I was twenty two at the time. Um, you know, handwritten invoices, um, no shop management system. What to speak or so to speak. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was pretty primitive in those days. We had a 1200 square foot shop, me and uh, the previous owner of the shop. And I just wanted a, a tiny little space where I could show up at 830 without getting yelled at and uh, fix as many cars as I wanted to. So um, it just kind of evolved from there. Um, yeah, the the industry has changed so much in those in those years, and uh, thankfully, I love being a part of it, and I love spending money on tools. So we were able to keep up with the times and the changes. 
Yeah, it's pretty wild how much technology has affected the industry just in 16 years. Like, you know, just that little bit of time space. You talked about the handwritten invoices. Now everything is digital. You got the digital inspections, which wasn't there. You know, you had all these changes. And of course, even with vehicles, the computerization of cars, and now we're getting into ADOS electric vehicles. So much has happened in just a short amount of time. It really has. Um, ADOS especially. We, we are the only people in town that do that. And um, I wouldn't say it's been a huge return on investment, but it's definitely been fun to learn. Yeah. So when did you guys start doing ADOS? Uh, 2019. Yeah. And so uh, how, how did you guys decide that, you know, you're going to pull the trigger on using the technology? I mean, you said it's not a huge return on investment now, but I know you're probably looking towards the future, knowing that it's going to be much bigger down the line. Well, I wanted to be the one shop in town that could do anything. Um and with that comes a, a tremendous investment in tools. I mean, it is not cheap to get into ADOS at all. Um, down the road, yes, I hope I hope that it does pay off. But um, just kind of the bragging rights of, yeah, we can do whatever your car needs was um, always very important to me. Yeah, and I think it gives your shop that added benefit of when a customer comes in and needs that sort of calibration, you don't have to send them somewhere else and then run the risk of maybe not getting that customer back. Right, yeah, and also the the customer acquisition involved. Um, You know, once they can come locally to have it done rather than drive, you know, a few hours to have that service. Also with the body shops too. I mean, the main market for that is body shops. And so with that comes, you know, they, they tell their customers that we are the ones who are able to do that. And we've, we've definitely picked up um, customers that way as well. Yeah. So what's your, like, from your shop standpoint, what's your commitment to your customers? Like, what's the uh, governing philosophy of the shop that you, you know, want people to pick up on? Everyone has to leave happy. And I coach my managers on that day one. It, it doesn't matter what it takes to make that happen. There's really no amount that I won't just write off as the cost of doing business to keep somebody happy. Or we've always said no one will lose more money to fix your car than Haley Auto Club. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, every car has got to leave <laughs> fixed and every customer has got to leave happy. And we've been able to stick with that Um that philosophy for the entire amount of time that we've owned the shop. So give an example of that, like you were, where, you know, you were willing to write off, you know, whatever it took to make somebody happy. And what was that experience like for the customer? Yeah, for sure. So there would be times, especially in the beginning when we didn't have the money to afford all of the new technology um, or especially with Volvos, Volvos are a big, uh, big seller around here. And we weren't able to re- reprogram a lot of these things. And so I would, you know, after hours, rent a car hauling trailer, throw it on the back of my pickup and bring it to Boise, which is about two, two and a half hours away. Um, wait there the next day while Vovo programmed it and then bring it back. Um, you know, that's not something I ever charged for, but it was just a point of pride for me that. Uh, if it came in to the shop, it left fixed, no matter what it took. Wow, that's really cool. And then how, how do you instill this philosophy or this mindset into your, your team? 
Um, <clears throat> you know, thankfully, over the last year especially, we've been able to acquire uh, a lot of A-level technicians. So there's not much that we can't take care of and there's not much we haven't seen. Um, that's been instrumental in making sure that everything's totally dialed. Um, QC checks are a big thing as well. We have actually the front of the house people QC these things. Um, I feel like a lot of times as far as like grease on the carpet or the steering wheel or, you know, a long test drive isn't something techs can really even focus on. Um, and myself included, you know, I was, I was a tech for, you know, up until just a few years ago. And there are things you just overlook because you're just in it and you can't see it. So we've had the front of the house. We, we wrote up a digital inspection for them and every writer that took in the car is also test driving it at the end. So they can verify that, yes, they don't hear the noise anymore or, you know, the steering wheels looking clean. Um, you know, it, it went on a good long test drive. Um, things like that. So let's, let's talk about, you know, you talk about just having these A-level guys, these really solid techs. Uh, tell me about your hiring and onboarding process. What's that like? So <clears throat> that's actually something that we've had to develop over the last year. And uh, we actually, I don't have any standing ads in Idaho. Um, I import entirely from other states. Um, go primarily through Craigslist and, and, um, that's, that's where we've had our best luck. Um, we get a lot of guys from cities that are tired of the crime. Um, that's been a big one and, uh, tired of the traffic. So we can kind of target those areas and most mechanics are outdoorsmen. So we are in a ski resort and it's kind of an outdoor Mecca up here. We've got tons of um, high mountain lakes, fishing, hunting, um, you name it, and we've got it. And that tends to appeal to a lot of the guys that we're after. Uh, as far as onboarding, um, you know, we've got, we've got talented managers in place that kind of walk them through the procedures, but also, um, you know, more than anything, currently, we're just trying to uh, really promote positive shop culture and atmosphere. Um, we've we've taken a lot of hints from like the Simply True group. Um, I, I look up to those guys a lot and the things that they're doing, I think, is just phenomenal. Um, so we try and mirror as much of that as we can with, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a twist on our own. So we try and, we try and create, a, a family like atmosphere and, uh, a really good place to work. Okay. Um, and so when you talk about mirroring some of the things simply true does like you're talking about, like just some of the ways that they connect with their people, they do the retreats, they do a lot of really interesting things with people there. They do. Um, and a lot of, a lot of things that nobody else is doing, um, which I think is, has made them so successful and will continue to do that. 
Um, Ashley Silvatello was a former coach of mine who helped me tremendously. Uh, <clears throat> I remember our first conversation, I specifically told her that I don't ever want to create something where I'm not working on cars every day. And uh, <laughs> that's been uh, a big evolution for me. But uh, she really opened my eyes a lot and inspired me to uh, do more, become more, and, uh, and provide more for our guys and gals. So, so she, made a, she made an owner out of you, huh? She did, yeah. Whether <laughs> I wanted to or not, yeah, she's, she's pretty sharp. That's awesome. So let's let's talk about um, you know what kind of training you guys are doing. Um, you know, where are you training? What are you learning? <clears throat> like, tell me what you guys are up to in terms of that side of things. Yeah, so um, we have done a little bit of the sales fix thing that uh, ShopFix has to offer. As far as technical training, that is something we're in the process of writing now. We've done some SSF stuff, but um, right now what we're rolling out is we have each of the ATECs, they have their, their month. And on their month, they basically um, decide what they want to learn. Um, and then everyone is going to get together. Uh, we do have a training room and that tech picks the subject for that month. And we're doing two, um, two training sessions in a month. They'll, they'll, uh, range from, you know, two to three hours. And, um, that's, I think that's going to be really successful for us. Um, rather than me try and line that up and, um, miss the mark on what some of them want to learn, they can kind of take it on rotation. And the same is true for um, the front of the house. <clears throat> we, we have two shops, so um, they collaborate quite a bit. But it will be one manager picks the, the training topics for one month and one will pick for the next month. And they'll get together and they'll... Um, put it on the, on the TV and collaborate that way. Yeah. That's a great way to get like total buy-in is by allowing your people to choose the training they want, as opposed to you telling them what they need to learn. Yeah. And I find that a lot of times, um, if somebody wants to teach on lab scopes, they already have a pretty solid background in lab scopes and they just want to bring that to the table. So not only are they a great reference for it, but they are, you know, passionate about it and know what is and what isn't important about the subject and how it applies to them every day. Yeah. What's been some of the more popular training that the guys and the girls in the shop have chosen? always lab scope stuff. I feel like with techs, um, I think that that, and, and for myself included, that's always been a big fascination of mine and it's, it's just fun to do. Um, aside from that, you know, drivability is always big and, uh, um, they are doing a steering suspension class next month. Um, which should be pretty good too. Uh, front of house, you know, um, they'll do classes on curb selling, classes on um, 
you know, the QC process classes on, uh, you know, customer acquisition, guerrilla marketing, uh, you name it. Okay. And, you know, while we're on this idea of like meeting, you guys have this really phenomenal, like rooftop meeting space, <laughs> you know, what sort of team meetings are you guys having up there? We do. Yeah. And that's been so great. Um, we, so they do a biweekly meeting at that shop. Well, they do bi- biweekly meetings at both shops, but, um, during the spring, summer and fall, they'll do it up there. And it's actually been pretty useful um, aside from just being cool up there, um, because it's a, you know, it's a fishbowl shop. You can't hide from anyone in there. So when they were doing meetings inside, uh, there's always somebody knocking at the door and you got to kind of stop and all of that. But when we're on the roof, no one knows we're there. Um, so we get a lot done that way. And it's been, it's been good there. The shop is also on the main drag in town. So like 4th of July parades, homecoming parades, all of that. It's good people watching up there. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and so while we're talking about just like, the roof and all that, you guys have a really uniquely designed shop. It's really art deco-ish. Like talk about like the mindset that you had to develop that sort of look and style and then how you accomplished it. Yeah, so um, building is expensive. So you might as well have fun with it. Um, I... I wanted a shop that kind of looked how I want the the reputation of the shop to be. You know, that's not just a box for making money out of. Um, that building was thought out from top to bottom, inside and out. Um, and I really, really care. It's an extension of myself. So I, I want it to be, you know, perfect. Um and we've gotten a lot of really positive feedback on it. But the I've always loved the old Art Deco shops, um, service stations, things like that, and wanted to try and recreate that as best I could. Um, we have the color-changing LED lights so we can decide whatever color we want that day. Um, it's all remote-controlled, so that's been fun. Um for the kids as well. Um, kids of new employees, um, my own kids, they, they love to change the colors and kind of put their mark on it for the week or the month or however long it lasts. No, that's a lot of fun, man. Just uh, the idea of having a shop that you can customize and really meet your, fits your personality. Yeah. Yeah. We can change the lights for holidays. Um, yeah, we, we have a good time with it. Yeah. And one thing you mentioned in our initial interview is this idea of like, you know, you want to be a shop known for its transparency. And I feel like you took that in the most literal sense, in the most literal sense by having glass bay doors. Like talk about that aspect of the shop. Cause that's not stuff you see every day. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, it helps tremendously with uh, natural light. So it is useful, but also it's, it's got a certain look to it. Um, it we we don't have anything to hide from our customers or anything like that. If they want to watch, they can, not in the shop because that's dangerous. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we try and keep it as clean as possible, which is definitely tough at times when you've got five techs in a five-bay shop. They can generate quite a bit of mess. But we've always gotten compliments on 
on how clean the shop is. And um, I, th I think our customers really appreciate that. Yeah. So what's next for Haley Auto Clinic? What are you, what are you planning for the future of the business? So we've got some opportunities in Colorado that are about to come to fruition, which I'm really excited about. Um, and that, that will hopefully be late spring, early summer that we expand into that market. And, uh, that's, that's our current direction. Um, here locally in Idaho, we have it just about where we want it. Um, we've, we've gotten so many amazing crew members in the last, I would say even eight months, but to a year, uh, that have really, um, taken the ball and run with it. Uh, I've never been more proud of the work that's coming out of the shop, which is a huge relief. And uh, I hope to take that same philosophy and move it to, to Colorado and expand out that way. Great. And what's one trait or one thing that you as a shop owner, uh, well, but let me rephrase that. What's something that other shop owners can learn from you, from your journey as a shop owner, from the way that you've done things, the way that you've been deliberate about building your shop? What's something that they can learn from you that you'd like to pass on? Boy, I could sure pass on how not to do it or how to do it, <laughs> to do it very expensively. Um, you know, I, I would love to be in a coaching position one day. But right now, I think I'm just too humble. I I like to be the wallflower that um, sits back and learns from others. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that I'm confident enough to put on a, a class in anything just yet. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, hey, Alex, it was great chat with you today about your shop. Thanks very much for having me on, Chris. Yep, and I appreciate it. And uh, best of luck in your, your coming uh, adventure to Colorado. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you out there one day. For sure. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet & Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D. W-R-E-N-C-H dot com and may the rest of your day be the best of your day and we'll see you next week.